0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Before they started high school, the biggest concern for me was social media. There's just no way you can monitor it. There's no way you can monitor if they're getting a hard time. Both my boys had treks going into high school. They didn't know anyone. Everything was unsure. Like our biggest fear was the, you know, if there was bullying or stuff.
1: My second son was small for his age. And I did wonder if the dramatic size difference between him and some of the boys in the year group might impact his self-esteem.
0: Oh, you never stop worrying as a parent, do you? One day you're sobbing into a tissue as your baby starts school. And the next, the baby's off to high school and all of a sudden... They're the small fish in a very big pond with lots of much bigger kids around them. I imagined middle school to have like fights and blood on the floor everywhere and then like the toilets would be absolutely flogged, which they are. Like
1: nearly every hour there were going to be like a fight and then I expected to see for the fight's blood. I also thought like there'd be way more assessments and assignments. the' really big essays and the expectations from your teacher. Say if you get this on Friday, they expect you to finish it on Monday.
0: The road to high school is full of uncertainty and unpredictability. However, I'm here to put your mind at ease. I'm Maggie Dent, and in this Parental as Anything, how do you prepare your child for high school? How can you help them cope once they're there? And what can you do when there are bumps in the road. For more than 20 years, Claire Eaton has worked with young people, first as a teacher and now as a youth coach. And every year, she helps families make the move from primary school to high school. So it's completely normal for parents to worry about that transition to year seven, isn't it? But what's the first thing that you say to them?
1: The word transition—it's just huge. So I think we've got to remember that stepping into high school is about actively learning how to be a high schooler. So that is just stepping into the routines, the bell times, the layout of the school, how the the sessions work, how class structures are, and every classroom can be different. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're really not talking about learning from an academic context here. We're really looking at just how am I going to be in high school? Slap those plates on and be ready to ride the roller coaster and you know just work it out. That's it. You know no one goes from new to expert in an instant so just embrace the learner phase and learners have a few you know ups and downs along the way and that can be fun as well. Our kids start high school One whole year earlier Earlier. than they used to. Mm. And also
0: we know that research is showing they are less resilient to previous generations. Mm. So from that environment of one main teacher a day, they're jumping into many different teachers who all have different styles of communication. Mm -hmm. There are more transitions than you can believe. So many more students and bigger buildings. So it can be overwhelming for everyone. Let's talk about
1: the expectations because I think that's where even the most well-intentioned parent can come unstuck. I think the first for me that pops to mind is really separating the idea of this is new and different versus this is hard and scary. Love it. Because we tend to morph the two together. It's brand new. The brain freaks out. It goes into defend and protect mode and it sends them into that stress response and all of a sudden something new or excitingly different has been categorized in their beautiful developing brain as too hard, too scary and I can't do this. Make it clear. This is just new. That's all it is. And you can do new things. You can. I know you can. Claire,
0: obviously prior preparation can make a big difference. So tell me what can parents do during the holidays between year six and seven to help prepare their kids for high school?
1: We know that connection and friendship starting high school is so important. And even for kids that are going to a new school where they don't know anybody yet, important we pop that word yet on the end, is that they keep friendships going through the holidays. And constant, continual, doesn't have to be big, three-day marathon sleepovers. It's just little pop-up events and, and opportunities to connect because we know that our kids do better when they're connected. They feel like they're part of a group. They belong. Someone's thinking about them. Someone's inviting them. And they're also doing the inviting as well. One other thing, as soon as possible into the school
0: space... Can we find opportunities for them to find something they like to do where they might meet new friends who have a similar interest,
1: mm-hmm. whether
0: it's building robotics or it is, you know, soccer or it's swimming training or it's music? Yeah. That's one of the ways that we know can, the kid who knows no one can sometimes find Like-minded
1: souls. Mm, And that might overflow to out-of-school clubs and activities as well. And we know that kids do better when their eggs aren't all in one basket with friendships. So if if things go not great at high school for a a period of time, they've got their basketball team out of school so that they they think, it's okay, I've got these friends here. They get me at the moment.
0: Uncertainty has a lot to answer for, right? Because fear of the unknown triggers our amygdala It's scary, and then fear creates what I call ant attacks, automatic negative thoughts. When they don't
1: know exactly what to expect, your kids' imagination can run wild. I do a lot of presumption based thinking, so I know that they are worried this basic thing can I do high school? Can I even do it? They don't even know what that means, but (laughs) can I do this high school thing? So I often say to teenagers, if you're wondering if you can do high school, you absolutely can. So we kind of predict what they might be thinking and then jump in and nip it in the bud as soon as we can. Also, if you're thinking that you might not be liked or you might take a while to find friendship, yeah, all of that might happen. But you're a great person. You're going to find friends. You're going to attract great people to you. You're going to be a great friend. And then all finally is that Uh, ability based question, am I smart enough to do high school? And if they've got an older brother or sister or a cousin or a superstar sibling that's, um, you know, talked high school up as being really, really hard, they're going to grab that and run with it and believe I'm not good enough, especially if they're coming off the back of maybe a year five or six experience that didn't really reinforce their ability. When we hear our kids speaking out loud, the you know, I'm not good enough. I'm useless at this. What we can do is just jump on it straight away, but validate it. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But you know what, matey? I don't agree. Can I tell you why I don't agree? Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a great idea. I think you can't help... But feel as a parent when you hear
0: comments from other parents saying to you oh yeah I've heard that your kids primary school has a lot of problems because academically there are gaps or they weren't prepared with homework and so you sort of bristle a bit and then you know the mum guilt sinks in I didn't do too great at school yeah, I, was, I was terrified what they were going to go through it. but we had it so much easier for the workload their workload is huge Let's be honest, there's so much pressure on kids to succeed in school, especially in terms of grades and especially in the upper school years of 11 and 12. And I worry that that pressure is trickling all the way down to year seven. Now, as a parent, you want to strike the right balance, encouraging your teen to care about their schoolwork without being... Making them afraid of failure or putting too much pressure on them. So, Claire, it's a tricky balance. So, what's your message to parents here?
1: I'm a big supporter of completion beats perfection. Let's give this a go. Let's tick that off. If you've done this well, and sometimes if we've done this well together, because sometimes for our kids, we've got to hold their hand. Just because they're in high school doesn't mean that they're absolutely ready to be in high school. And we often say, you know, you're in high school now, Hmm, but three months ago I was in year six (laughs) and I'm still 11. So just cut me a bit of slack here. And- I'm. I'm also a big one for counting your wins and celebrating success, no matter how small it is. So we're just encouraging our kids to give it a crack, turn up.
0: And I think we have to explain to them that this journey of high school is so much more than marks. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, just looking at not mm. only developing your, you know, your capacity to um, communicate, articulate, problem solve. It's a journey, not mm. just about marks. They are growing in all sorts of areas in all sorts of subjects. Yeah, and that that is also um, something for you to be excited about because it might be an option that they
1: finally get a taste of something that sets them on fire. Absolutely. I often see children when they're doing their elective selection and they've never done woodwork before, they've never done food tech before. All of a sudden it's just taken yes. the lid off this talent or interest. I was flicking through some photos the other day and I found a picture of my – big son slouched in his chair at his desk. And in front of him, there was a A4 piece of paper, and it just said, what's your why? Now, his why is cricket, sport, food, sleep, So what we tried to do for him was to take his focus away from the thing that he was doing that did not float his boat, had zero interest, and we acknowledged that, embraced it, and allowed him, gave him the space to share that. I can't stand learning about this, Mum. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the thing that you want to do, that's got to be your carrot. So if you bang this out, completion, not perfection, just give it a red-hot go, buddy, you will be at cricket training by five. And we kept reinforcing that. What is your why? What is your why? And what it allowed him to do was just shift that "Mm," kind of gripey thinking towards subjects, content, assignments that were not his jam and redirecting it to the thing that he would get when he was finished. And it worked a treat. We used to set a timer a lot for our son, and we would set the timer for roughly 20 minutes. And then after 20 minutes, he would choose if he needed a wind-down type break or a wake-up break. Often, 90%, it was the wake-up break. He would be jumping on the trampoline. He would ruffle and tumble with the dog. He'd be shooting hoops outside. Dopamine-making activities that
0: shift the boredom or the cortisol. Yes. Yes. Speaking of cortisol, there will be days when your tween comes home from school so flooded with stress and big, ugly feelings because they fought with a friend or a teacher has scolded them or they couldn't do the work. How do we prepare kids for those moments and hopefully let them know that even when their anger or their stress feels unmanageable, that they're still loved and supported?
1: It's having conversations when things feel yeah. normal. And I use the word normal so loosely that when these things happen, I'm not going to jump in. I'm just going to let you go and settle your nervous system. Our girls and our boys need to hear this. Yeah. Ah, when I feel like this and mum says, go and chill out for a bit and settle your nervous system. She still loves me. She still cares about me and she still wants to help Not me. ignoring me. And then when they come out of that space, Then they're more ready with a frontal lobe aspect of thinking about cause and effect and what really happened um, to discuss this stuff. I call it name it and claim it. Yes. So if we can allow our children to name the emotion they're feeling, so I'm really frustrated, I'm really angry or I'm overwhelmed or I'm humiliated. Embarrassed. (laughs) Embarrassed. I mean, oh, I'm so embarrassed and how will I go going back to school tomorrow? The minute we can get them to name that emotion, it pulls their frontal lobe back online. Yeah, Yeah. So then we can start looking for solutions rather than swimming around in the drama and the problem and the and the the hurt.
0: Now, we know the brain loves predictability, especially in the space of adolescence, which is full of unpredictability. So, Claire, let's look at some of the importance of routines that can make it easier. What can families set up right at the start of the year that can give kids that extra predictability with structure without making parents feel like they're forever nagging.
1: I see way too much Sunday night, afternoon, Sunday night meltdowns and stress occurring. And what started out to be a beautiful weekend implodes by 7pm on Sunday (laughs) night. And, you know, mum and dad have got to get up to work on Monday morning and the the stress response is just firing on all cylinders. So the first thing I say is on a Sunday, practice the Sunday setup. And the best way to get kind of traction with this is all in all of the family in. And that is we turn off devices, we maybe put on a bit of background music, put some snacks on the table, set aside somewhere between 20, 40 minutes, you know, but we're all different and really just chunk down what needs to be achieved in our week. But I'm really big for putting in the beautiful little golden bits first. So if it's Nana's birthday dinner on Tuesday night, put that in first. And then fill everything else with the, the study, the, the homework, the, you know, pop-up tasks that we get at school. But let's get our kids building that routine of life is supposed to be joyous first rather than strenuous and stressful. The second part to this is the Wednesday wind up. So, what I often see is um, families, teenagers uh, starting the week with absolute gusto. I've got this, I'm sorted. But the nature of life, Wednesday comes around and all of a sudden they're dragging themselves to the Friday afternoon finish line. So, I often say put aside 15 minutes on Wednesday afternoon just to tie up any loose ends, catch any pop up tasks that have been given by teachers. Uh, You know, you may gather a few minutes or lost a few minutes. So, the Sunday Set up and the Wednesday wind up is a beautiful little routine-based combination that steadies and settles the brain. So, how do you convince a teen who has a phone mm-hmm. to put it down to do to do either of those things? Yeah, I think the way to tap into that reluctance, let's say, or hesitation, is we've got to give them the end result. So, if you do a Sunday set up, you'll feel better during the week, less stress, less anxiety. More time for basketball training, more time for Netflix, more time for mates. If you don't do it, there's probably a strong chance that you won't get those. They're kind of intrinsic, Mm. extrinsic rewards. You know, sometimes we've got to do something to get something. So, but as I mentioned, Maggie, this takes time and practice. I think one of the other things is they're going to come home exhausted. Yeah. They've done their absolute
0: best adjusting to all these different things, different lessons, different yeah. requirements, different stuff, the social stuff. So when they get you know, home, either if you're lucky enough to be able to pick them up, mm. um, avoid the interrogation.
1: Mm.
0: Put on a favourite song in the car and then when you get home, how do you fill that cup? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the thing I talk about is bookending the day. So when we're talking about helping our kids warm their brain and body up so they're ready for school, they need to know what they can take care of in the morning that helps them feel best when they arrive in that mass session at nine o'clock. So I recall my son, he would play with a dog in the morning, you know, 15 minutes, and I would hear them outside barking and, you know, having a great old time. That warmed him up and got him into that, you know, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to do this. I feel a bit looser. But then equally, at the end of the day, we want them to have a cool-down process, soothe that nervous system. We need to allow our kids the opportunity to come home, and it might be that they eat, they flop on the couch, chat on the phone for a little while, or that might be their device time, and that just whips up the end of the day for them, so they can then press pause and go into dinner, homework, sport, whatever other connections they have. I am not going to the same high school as any of my friends. My daughter had a, because she was the second youngest in her year group, so that meant she was 18 months younger than the oldest girls in the form. She definitely fell out of her depth. Compounding the age issue for her was the fact that many of the girls had attended this independent school in their primary years, so they were already settled into these tightly formed peer groups, which were difficult to break into. He is a pretty quirky kid. He is somebody who is definitely
0: academic, but he's very serious for his age. He's quite an old soul. We thought he might be ostracised in high school. It is so easy to focus on the negatives. We all do it. It's called the negative bias. Our brains can't help but put a great big spotlight on our worst moments from the day. So, Claire, what do you tell kids and parents to do so they don't get stuck in the bad stuff and run those negative ruminating loops
1: often that young brain needs really explicit teaching, leading, guiding to rather than look for the red flags, let's look for the green flags. The green flags in teachers, in friendships, someone that showed kindness rather than someone that gave you a look, someone that offered you a seat or waved you over rather than someone that slightly turned their back to you. And we perceive that as I'm (laughs) not welcome here. If we go into a situation and we're saying to kids, the last thing is we say is we wave out the door, look for the green flags, honey, because that just builds that evidence that I belong here, I fit, I'm comfy, and we know the two biggest things when starting high school is feeling comfy where you are and connecting with people around you. One of my last tips, and Mm. I'm going to ask
0: you for yours in Mm. a moment, Claire, Um, my suggestion, if you feel that your son or daughter seems to be really still struggling Mm -hmm. emotionally after a month, I want you to connect with the year coordinator, Mm, student services Mm -hmm. and have an appointment and have a really good chat. And they kind of have some clues that you might not know. So what's your number one tip for parents who have tweens starting high school?
1: Okay. Uh, I often say to parents, reach out to the teachers. As soon as you know your child's teacher, just send them a friendly email. Hey, we're Toby's mum and dad. We're here if you need us. Teachers love that. They love to know they've got a supportive family behind this person they see every single day for 40 minutes. Staying connected with teachers is a great way to be there in high school when it's not as easy to be there. It's much easier than people make you think. I thought it'd be, like, a bit more
0: stressful, but it's been really fun as well. The best thing would be like making
1: new friends and sports.
0: Being in year seven is very fun. It's actually better than year six in my opinion because you get more sport. And if you're late to a class, they'll let you be late because it's hard to find your way around for the first time around. I found it surprising that the teachers weren't as hard on you as what I expected. Let me leave you with some practical tips for the first week of high school. Download the school map and plot where the toilets are, the key areas like science, English, technology, math, and where the canteen is. Once they've got a really good idea of that, that helps with predictability. Year sevens aren't too old for a bedtime. Having a good sleep routine is one of the best ways that they can transition and lower that stress level. Remind them that water good food, exercise and sound sleep actually are really important for the brain to help it learn well. Work out with your emerging new big kid the boundaries around technology for weekdays and weekends and put some agreements in place. They really need our help, but we need to work with them because there's a lot of joy that can come from that space as well. Keep affirming the importance of of putting effort in Your education. However, remember Claire's advice is that completion beats perfection, that it's effort rather than grades that really helps you do well in high school. It's not all about tests and reports when you're raising resilient, well rounded, kind humans. And then love the heck out of them and have as much fun around the edges. If you're looking for more advice on getting your kids through their teens, scroll back through the feed for our companion episode on how to manage the teen years. Next time, on the very last Parental as Anything for the Year, the cheat sheet from other parents, including one of Australia's funniest dads. They say, guys, I got a note from the Easter bunny. He's left one egg in someone's garden, but there's clues to find it. I'm handing the reins to you to share your parenting hacks for getting through the what the heck moments that come with raising kids of all ages. Just head to the ABC Listen app and look for Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Noongar. In Country. Hi, I'm Molly, and I'm Carl, and we're the hosts of the Kids Podcast,
1: Short and Curly.
0: Each of our episodes tackles a Curly question about the world,
1: like should we try and bring back extinct animals?
0: Is it your fault if your room is messy?
1: And is it ever okay to lie?
0: Plus, we have a lot of fun along the way.
1: Well, we make a lot of fun of you, Carl. Oh. It's a podcast to get the whole family thinking and talking.
0: Short and curly. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.